You're listening to Man Meat Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. Back to Australia. We're, we're doing kind of a catch-up podcast with uh, The Beard, The Barbecue. If you haven't heard of him, you need to. You need to go check him out on, on, on the Instagrams. Um, if, you, if you're in Australia, you probably have heard of him. But if you haven't, um, you were on the show, I think it was almost a year and a half ago. Oh, I think it was more than that. I think it was, was it 2015. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> time just kind of gets away from you. You know no, what I mean? Adjust. Like, you're just <laughs> like, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, shit. There it goes. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I think the last time I spoke to you was before my first competition. Was it? Uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, okay, that then that was quite a yeah. bit ago. So, man, yeah, thank you so much for coming back on the show, hanging out with us, chatting no, barbecue. You. To you. So, so how yeah. have you been? How, how's how's the barbecue life treating you? Yeah, pretty well, man. Pretty well. Um, just um, just trying to uh, trying to sort of keep it not so busy, I guess. Um, it's pretty 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 fun. It's, it's been a pretty good few years for us as a team. Uh, and just as, as as me as a beard and barbecue too, it's been great. So, finger fun. So now you've been, do, you've been, uh, we've been doing good, man. We've been doing good, working, doing, cool. you know, trying to get stuff going higher and all that stuff. So now, yeah, cool. My question is, you've been doing classes, you've been doing that kind of stuff. What has yep. what has been your what has been your most fun? What have you enjoyed the most? In classes. Classes competition. Uh, what what's your if you had to say like right now is your like passion in in the barbecue industry what would that be? Oh, definitely classes. Classes are um they're probably they're the most grassroots for me. I sort of enjoy getting you know with that level of people who are just getting into it because to them it's still really exciting. You know if you go to competitions as often as we do, you know everyone's sort of been there, everyone's done it quite a few times that year. So it's not as you know the, the passion's still there for them, but as as a new as a new cooker, you know, as a new barbecue. That's very, it's very exciting for them. Everything's very exciting for them. I mean, this is the best brisket I've ever had. This is the best pork I've ever had. You know, and it's like, it's everything's still really new to them. And that's uh, to me that that's really uh, like rejuvenating for me to, to to do because they're just so excited about everything. So now, what are some of your favorite things to teach? Um, I have I have a different, I have a few different class formats. So I, I follow a format each time I do it. Um, but like, there's a beginner's class which is quite short and very rudimentary information. And then there's the master class, which is a lot bigger, uh, five six hours long. It's pretty pretty full on, and we're actually devising a competition class now as well. So okay. it's, um, the competition the competition class will be like eight eight nine hours long. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they gotta get yeah. a little bit longer, right? The cooks are a little bit longer. Oh, definitely. You're, you're yeah, doing, yeah. You're doing like, a little like, bit more stuff. 
Yeah, well, I did. I did one competition class last year, and it was very, um, it was very rushed and very quick. But I sort of, I figured, like, you know, if we're going to do it now, um, especially after how well we did last year, we we, we topped the team leaderboard last year. So especially yeah, after nice. you know, like being so happy with that, we're sort of like, well, you know, we can sort of expand on that and sort of expand on the class a lot more as well. So yeah. Now, mm. what would you say is the hardest part of doing the competition class? <sighs> Trying to organize it. You know, because like, you, you, you can always, you can, like, you, you can organize a competition cook. You know, and you can sort of, and you know, everyone knows it doesn't really go to that. <laughs> you know, but like, when people when people are paying money to sort of come and come into a class, they expect some some level of professionalism. You know, so you have to sort of, like, like that's what like my my master class. I can I can probably run it with my eyes shut because I've done it so many times now. You know, but like with the competition class, you can try and find something that works in a situation that never really works out properly anyway. <laughs> you know, so it's trying to find that sort of happy medium where you know you can sort of. um be confident in, in teaching someone something that making sure it doesn't turn to shit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, we're looking at doing, sorry. I was going to say, I would say that that's probably definitely one of the hard things, making sure that it all oh, comes definitely. out correctly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, making, making sure it comes out good, like a competition cook does, <laughs> you know, so where, you know, you cook five categories at a comp and that's the time they do turn to shit. One of them does at least. So yeah, <laughs> trying to make sure they're all teachable. Yeah. Now, what what competition meets do you teach? Obviously, you do your uh, the comp- brisket, pork butt, yeah, yeah, ribs. Well, in the, yeah, chicken. in the class, we're going to do uh, all five of the Australian categories. So the, the Australian categories is, is well, it's usually beef or brisket. We, we've always done brisket, uh, pork, uh, which is obviously limited to pork butts and that sort of stuff. Uh, chicken and pork ribs and a lamb, which is you know huge here. So. Um, and we actually got a perfect score in Lamb last year as well uh, in the nice. Australian circuit. So, yeah, and it's one of the first times to happen in a, in a meat pro team. So straight tens, straight everything. And uh, my teammate James, that, that's his category. So I can't take all the credit for that. But he, uh, he's a very hard worker and um, it's paid off very well for us, I guess. So it was, uh, it was a very, very – that was the biggest comp in the country too. That was like 100 teams at Port Macquarie. So, okay. yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty big thing. Everyone's very curious as to what happened with that Lamb. <laughs> so – <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, 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 sometimes all the star, stars align, right? Oh, that's it. That's it. I, 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 even we're still confused about how it happened. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a damn good box. Don't get us wrong, but it was, um, to get a perfect score, that was just surprised us too. You know? You're so, like, yeah, but it's like, yeah. hey, all the stars aligned, everything was yeah. perfect, and guess what? Yeah, the it's judges, one of those cooks. <laughs> yeah, judges loved me. Yeah, that day yeah. I, I worked out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But how you been? You been well? I've been well, man. We've been well. We've been doing good. Um, we've started a catering company since we talked last. Um, we are we're, we're doing well with that. We're doing, um, you know, the podcast is doing really well. We're, we're very happy, happy for where it's at. Um, and it's just, it, it's a little bit, it's, it's all crazy and it's all coming to kind of coming together. You know what I mean? And, I think the hardest part of it is just juggling all the balls, <laughs> making yeah. sure nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. drops. Yeah, is, is, is this your full time thing now? The catering it, and the podcast? It's, or is it's, it... it's not full time quite yet, but that is yeah. the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. That's the goal, and um, it, it's but it's not not full time quite yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's cool. Is a freezing your ass off there at the moment, or what? 
I, I'm kind of, we're kind of working, working towards making the, uh, making the catering full time. We eventually do want to go with a full, full on rest, uh, a restaurant, um, which mm-hmm. is just, I mean, it's Chicago, man. It's, it's, it's expensive. It's, it's, it's hard. It real estate is kind of, kind of wonky. And then at the same time, um, rules are crazy. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Same here, man. There's a lot of red tape here too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is, yeah. man. It's it's trying to get around the red tape to make sure you can do what you want to do and have enough money to do what you want to do. That's the that's yeah, the exactly. hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was asking if it was cold there or not. Are you freezing your ass off there at the moment or not? Uh yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Total, Great. We're, we're in uh, we're in we're in winter now. We it's hit. Mm. It's here. It's cold. I know you guys are probably nice and warm. Uh, yeah, you know the, the east coast of Australia had a had a heat wave the past week. Um, so I'm sick to death of it, man. You, I'm so fucking over it. It's way too hot. Um, we got eight <laughs> it's, inches it's, it's, of snow last night. Hey, we got eight inches of snow. I'd kill for that, man, because we had above forty degrees Celsius all pretty much all week. <laughs> <laughs> So what's, what's 40 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? It's like a, 95 plus? Yeah, somewhere around plus. there. I think so. Yeah, so, and it was being relentless, man. Like, we we're all just, we we're just sick of it. <laughs> you can't walk outside. You can't do anything. So, yeah. It's, it's especially trying, trying to teach barbecue in that kind of weather shithouse, too. So. I mean, nobody wants to sit, right? It's just too hot. No, it's just, it's just it's too hot, and then the flies come, and that sort of crap. And it's just, it's just, no, no it just makes everything so much harder. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Very well known to be not a fan of summer whatsoever. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that middle yeah, no, ground. Yeah. I like the middle ground. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, spring, yeah. fall. It's the perfect Yeah, time. definitely. I'm very much a fan of that too. The, the, the other side is just too extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here. No, what else is happening? But every, everything else is going good, man. Uh, we're, we're doing good. How, how do you guys, um, how have you, considering you've been part of the Australian barbecue scene for so long, how have you seen it kind of evolve? Uh, uh, I, I guess a lot more people know what they're doing now. Um, it's, especially with the with the competition stuff. Like you know, we, you know, obviously we were still learning when we started too. But, you know, but we sort of had some some idea. You know, but then you see everyone now. Everyone knows what they're doing, um, and everyone does it very well too. You know, so it's not just like they've sort of just picked up on okay how to do brisket. They also do pork really well. They also do chicken really well. You know, they also do all these competition cooks incredibly well. Um, and it's just sort of, it's grown. Like that knowledge has just sort of grown with everyone. Everyone's got their own ways of getting it too. You know, people just sort of completely fluke some things and some people just completely research their ass off. You know, like it's just sort of, um, it's, I, I guess that's the one thing I've noticed is that everybody knows what they're doing now and everybody does it so well. You know, even, like, you know, like, I remember there was a long time, a long time ago, like the only sort of really good, decent barbecue I had out and about from caterers was like from one or two people. And now it's the majority of people I ate out at, probably because, I don't know, probably because, I, you know, probably because a lot of them have had time to do it, but like a lot of them, just the food's much better too, in catering and, and barbecue joints too. So it's just, um, it's good to have that level where you don't have to go out and worry about if your meal's going to be shit or not. <laughs> you know, so. Now, would you yeah. say that there's been a, an influx of way more barbecue restaurants opening up? Uh, much more caterers. Uh, much okay. more caterers sort of once or, once or twice, and then that's, that's it. You don't really hear of them. Anymore after that, but um, like with um, with with restaurants, as you as you understand, the, the the red tape is just phenomenal here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, and I guess people 
that's funny because like the people who sort of go into the restaurants and the big ones and just sort of have uh, sort of have a general rule with where I eat barbecue at. If barbecue is not the menu, if it's on the menu, I probably won't eat there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, so if, if it's not their focus. Yeah, exactly. Then it's going to be rubbish. That's just the way it is most of the places I eat at. <laughs> you know, so if I go somewhere and they're advertising, you know, like pancakes and waffles and burgers and barbecue, then I'll, the barbecue is going to be shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I tend to stay, stay, stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, um, sorry, what was the question? I think I went a bit off course there. What was the question? <laughs> um, no, I, I was saying just like how barbecues evolved. Because I know we talked to you, like yeah. you said, we talked about two years ago. So I was just wondering how you've kind of seen barbecue. Because you're more, way more on the front front lines that down there you're actually there living it seeing it um i think that like there's been some really really cool shit i mean just just from like looking on the internet there's been some cool stuff so i was just wondering how how it's evolved for you yeah okay well i, I guess uh, yeah, outside of the competition stuff it's just it's evolved into really focusing on how i can teach and how i can how i can sort of help spread the word as well online too and sort of just you know in my own backyard as well trying to just do new things all the time you know, if you get, you get quite sick of just doing the same old cooks and the same old cookers all the time. So, you know, like my smokers grow between, you know, three or four barbecues to up to nine, 10 or 11 sometimes. And then I'll sell them off and I'll sort of get new ones. And just trying, you know, I try and do a lot of grilling, especially in summer because I don't want to be outside too long. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, like all that sort of stuff sort of just grown for me. And I've become a Traeger ambassador too, uh, which uh, had its own personal... <laughs> Personal gripes because I'm like, you know, when you first get into it, like, oh, pellets of shit. You know, then you sort of spend a bit more time with it and you sort of realize that you can pop out some good quality stuff on pellet grills, man. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't think you're getting the flavor. I don't think the flavor profile yeah. comes out quite as good. Yeah, I didn't think that until I started using oak pellets. And I actually used, um, I used Australian hardwood, uh, like ironbark pellets. And, um, you know, the taste was there from them. But, they were burning too quickly, and they'll, oh, they weren't, you know, they weren't really lasting what I needed them to, and it was too, it's too expensive to use them, really. You know, but um, and then it was sort of came. I, I tried oak, and as soon as I tried oak, like I'm, you know, it sounds like an advertisement, man, but I was just sold on oak. <laughs> since then, I'm just like, I don't know, like it's, it's spot on, almost spot on to an offset. Okay. To me, but yeah. See, I yeah. don't think you get that smoky flavor. I don't think I don't think it gets the the barbecue doesn't get quite as smoky. Yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah, mean yeah, like uh, oversmoked. I, I mean like I just don't. I, I think there's a flavor, a, a flavor difference. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Each of their own, man. Like I said, like each each one has its and downs. There's no doubt about it. So what are you, what are you cooking on right now besides the Traeger? Uh, well, I still got my Radar Hill. I got a 24 inch on the trailer. I think last time I spoke to you, I think I just got my 20 inch. Off I think Radar you Hill. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do believe you were just yeah, on that. Yeah, so I got the 20 inch. That was a long time ago, man. Shit, and then. I think I used that for about a year, uh, and then getting it on and off trailers and shit was just too much effort, too much hassle. And I actually almost took out my elderly neighbor who was helping me get it off once, and it came off the trailer and just missed his foot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so after that, it sort of sat there on the driveway, sort of propped up on its firebox. <laughs> and um, while I was still there, I pretty much rang up Rob from Radar Hill, um, who's now deep, the company shut up now. But it's, um, I rang up and said, put something on a trailer for me, man, because I can't keep doing this. <laughs> like, the thing weighs 300 kilos. Yeah. You know, so... I sort of went up to a 24 inch uh, by by 60 inch, so something like that, um, and that's what I use for pretty much everything now. Uh, I sort of in that in the public stuff where we use that the offset because it's on the trailer, it's so much easier to move. But I've also got a Kamado Joe. Um, 
I've got a few different barbecues from one of my sponsors, uh, Firebrand Barbecue, which they do more like the Middle East and stuff. So like, see, so yeah, like sort of rotisseries and yeah. uh, skewer barbecues, that sort of shit. Um, I've got a few from them. I've got a few different Webers. I've got the normal size Weber with an 18 inch Weber that we sort of grind down for my kids to use as well. Uh, and I've recently got to go anywhere as well. So it's, um, they're the three Webers I have. Um, I just got rid of my Pro Q to my brother in law because I wasn't using it. <laughs> um, I've got a Gateway drum now as well. I got a Traeger um, and a few other ones just sort of floating around. I'm not really too sure if I'm still using them or not. But yeah, it was about, it was about nine or ten last time I checked. So. I mean, it, it sounds like you got a full house. It sounds like you're doing a, yeah, do, doing good things. <laughs> doing yeah, good things there, 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 was a, there was a one in one out rule for a bit with my wife. Oh, well, is that, is a, if yeah. you bring one in, you kind of got to get rid of one. Yeah, and it took, took a lot of space, man. But now I'm just sort of. I'm getting better at hiding them. I guess that's what you gotta do. You got you gotta be like, no, that one's been here the whole time. What are you talking about? Yeah, look, look, look at it. This has got dust on it. It's been here for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is. I, I still, I still have that passion for cooking around our stuff. I'm, I'm getting into a lot of cast iron lately. Um, okay. I've sort of, got to be addicted to Lodge products. That's sort of thing. Like that, 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 that bracket. Oh man, they're unreal. They make killer yeah, cast iron for the price too. They are not yeah, I know the price. super expensive. Yeah, yeah, the price point's spot on, man. Because it's like I just I sort of think where I've got like six or seven pans now too. I'm just like I sort of buy ones I don't really need, like the deep ones, <laughs> really shallow ones. I was like, what do I buy that for? Now I've got to find a way to use it. <laughs> you know, so but that's half the fun, right? Um, yeah, exactly. It was, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, and it's um, but I do I do like cast iron products a lot. So um, yeah, so sort of playing around with them a lot now, and we're gonna start trying just. Going to try to start going camping soon as well, so that's, I think that's why I'm gearing up on all that sort of shit. So, yeah, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty fun with a lot of toys in the background. So, yeah. Hey, it sounds like you're 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 moving on up now. Are you doing barbecue full time now? No, I'm still still an electrician. Okay. Um, so the classes run sometimes two or three times a month, always on weekends. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're all all around Australia. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to do classes in Darwin, which is Northern Territory, which is you know, a good couple of thousand kilometers from where I am. Okay. Um, and done classes in Melbourne, uh, rural Victoria. Done a lot of classes in rural New South Wales, where I'm from. Um, so that's I try and get out to the spots where they don't really have the options as well. You know, so like a lot of a lot of the coastal towns, they have classes running through and through. You know, um, I find there's a lot of interest and heaps of good interest in the rural parts. You know, so it's and these guys are you know that most of them don't even own a cooker. Most of them have never had brisket. You know, so it's like sort of just so new and so exciting to them. They sort of go home smiling. It's just so good to teach them, you know. And um, Darwin especially really, really caught me off guard. So <laughs> I'm going back to Darwin in June for some classes. So um, it's pretty cool, man. Like it's – the classes are pretty good. But as I said, it's still not my main income, man. I've got, I've got two young kids to, to support, my wife, <laughs> and, uh, you know, all that sort of shit. So it's um, – Kids yeah, are like, expensive. They're, they're some, they are, man. They really are. And um, like we're sort of talking – uh, briefly about maybe opening something later on in the year, somewhere else, full time. So um, that's just sort of talking at the moment. But you know, five dreams are five dreams. Yeah, I mean, but that's how they start. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sorry for the yawn, but that that's how they start, man. They they start as a pipe dream, and then you slowly, uh, you keep obsessing, keep yeah. obsessing, and then you eventually go for it. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely like the dream for me a few years ago as well. Um, and then I sort of like. You sort of see what it does to some people, um, and like how 
they sort of lose that spark once it becomes the main income. And yeah. um, that, I think that sort of put me off for a few years, you know. And I sort of come across a town, a rural town that I really like. And um, the community is there really strong. And the food culture there is really strong. So I'm thinking, like, if I can go to this place and, you know, not have a mortgage like I do in Sydney, <laughs> um, if I can sell it there and go there, then I won't have a mortgage to worry about. And I've got more time to sort of follow, follow that passion. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sort of, you know, I've got pretty big dreams for it. Like, you know, it's going to be sort of like a mixed business where you can buy stuff there as well as eat. Um, obviously, still doing the classes too, you know. So it's just sort of yeah. trying to make that all work where I'm not too off my feet, you know. So, yeah, but it's um, that's a, one of the things, man. Like, because my first experience of barbecue was this little shack in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. And that's always stuck with me, man. That's always stuck with me. There's like this little place in the middle of nowhere, and that that that's what sort of set me on the path. You know, almost shit, almost. Oh well, probably actually, yeah, it's probably twelve years ago now that, that happened. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, um, just trying to like you know, and like that's a that sort of experience has always stuck with me, and I think that's why I bonded with the class the classes so well is because it's just so exciting <laughs> as a new person. So, well, I think what yeah. you're doing is you're you're definitely bringing you're bringing that barbecue experience to somebody who um, doesn't necessarily have the opportunity to get it or didn't really maybe necessarily know that they wanted to have that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't know yeah. it existed. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 it, and it's, it is quite daunting too. You know, for people who, as, as, you know, as newbie myself too, it's incredibly daunting. If you can go to a class and have someone teach you shit, like, none of this stuff existed when I first went into it. You know, like it's if you yeah. can go to a class and have someone show, it's so incredibly daunting, man. And the, the coolest thing as well, like when you go rural, because it's a lot of like livestock and stuff. Now people have no idea what you can use these sort of animals for. Like I, I, part of my master class is uh, lamb ribs, and okay. they're cheap as shit. They're everywhere. You know, and I go, I went to, a, I did a class in like in the middle of lamb country, and these people who own lamb, who butcher lamb themselves, like I've been giving my lamb ribs to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, and you think it's useless to cut, and now like, you know, now my dog's gonna starve. <laughs> so, well, I mean, and, I, yeah. If you kind of look at it, I mean, that's kind of how barbecue in generally started. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it, was, it was pieces yeah. of meat that nobody, nobody really wanted, and then people were like, yeah. "Well, how do we cook these things and make them edible?" <laughs> exactly, and not just edible, but delicious. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But so, like, and, and now they're just. Now they're now they're yeah. coming out, and it, I think that's kind of cool that you're kind of do you're you're sharing that passion and you're sharing the um, that that part of barbecue that is so so ingrained in the culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like another thing about my classes is that you know I fucked up a lot when I first started, and it was very expensive. <laughs> you uh, know, yeah. Like, like if I can if I can stop someone else from doing that, then that helps me as well. It helps them too. You know, I went mean, through so many racks of ribs, man, so many briskets, and they were just average or shit, you know? So, um, you know, when it comes, you know, if I can help people sort of save their money on that, then, gee, I'll do that too, you know? So, um, but, you know, as, as you said about the barbecue meats, like, it's definitely, definitely like that. It's definitely like that with lamb in Australia too. Like, most people, everyone eats lamb. A lot of people eat lamb here. It's very it's big here. It's one of our, you know, national meats, I'd say. But yeah. obviously not indigenous meat, but it's it's, a, it's national meat. And, um it's just people who just have no idea they can use it for that. Like people have never had pulled lamb, and pulled lamb is up, probably up my favorite thing to cook and eat. Pulled and lamb is guys, delicious. Oh, it's unreal, man! It's, it's, and a lot of people here have overtaken pork. You know, so it's just sort of like, really, yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. 
It's um, it's definitely well, guess, probably like a book for a lot of people. So, I guess it is a little more readily available there, and it, it's a little more um, the price point's a little bit lower, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it was pretty. It's definitely affordable. So uh, and thing, it's, like, it's easily Zam's accessible. not that affordable yeah. here. It ain't that cheap. Yeah, that's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. So that's um, that sucks, but. It's, well, it's the same, the same with pork, pork butts and stuff here and pork scotch fillet. Like, pork scotch fillet is one of the most expensive cuts, secondary cuts, on the on the pig. You know, so it's just, you know, how it is in lambs, cheap lambs everywhere, lambs in the supermarkets, lamb shoulders in butchers, it's in everywhere, man. So a lot easier, and I guess people have that, are used to that taste a bit more, whereas it's probably a bit more exotic over there, I'm assuming. Not, maybe not everywhere, but it's just, like, we all grew up with lamb, so. A lot of people think that lamb tastes a little gamey, um, or it's very, it has a weird kind of taste to it, which it doesn't. I think it's amazing. Um, especially yeah. if it's cooked properly, uh, lamb is delicious. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll go to, I'll go to, it's delicious. Yeah. Well, speaking of game, I can't taste, I can't taste the gameness. Um, I think a lot of people do, but, um, I, I have friends who hunt and I use their meat for something. So when you're using like game, that's, that's game. Yeah. <laughs> to me, deer isn't, lamb isn't game at all. I can't taste the gameness in it. See, and a lot I'm of people, used to it. I think a lot of people here kind of feel like it's more gamey because they they're not used to that meat. You know what I mean? And even like when yeah. people are like, "Oh, the deer tastes gamey." Like, yes, it, venison can taste gamey if if it's not done properly, but if it's cooked properly, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it tastes gamey at all. I think it just tastes like venison. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I used it because I was given some recently. And I used it because I do a lot of charcuterie as well, so I do the home curing stuff too. Yeah, yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah. I got really into that, and um, I was given I was given some pieces from my friend who obviously hunts, and um, that's the first thing I noticed was how gamey it turned out. But it was it worked with the salts and everything else, the aromatics that are used with the meat too. So that was phenomenal. That was probably the best I've ever had <laughs> in terms of brisola and curing meats. It was so, so good. So what got you into curing? What kind of sparked that interest? I've always been interested in it. Um, but like barbecue and stuff, it's very daunting. It's, um, you know, the problem is with barbecue, you can cook something and it's going to be safe. If you don't do this, the right procedures with curing meats, you know, you can get botulism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, bit, exactly. Yeah, so it was a bit daunting sort of doing it first because I was like, um, I've always wanted to do it because I have an Italian background. So I grew okay. up with salamis. I grew up with, uh, you know, copper and, and bushel tool and that sort of stuff. I grew up with all that sort of stuff, and I've always loved it. Um, so when I sort of – for a few years, I was trying to build, like, the right curing chamber because otherwise you've got to do it in winter, and I'm the most impatient prick on the planet. Yeah. So it was like if I, if I can find a way to not do it only in winter, then I'll probably have more chance of doing it more often. Um, and I tried building some curing, some, some curing chambers, which is like you sort of do it out of a fridge and you get a humidifier, that sort of stuff. Yep. And I, I tried three, three different fridges, and not one of them really worked the way I wanted it to. Uh, and this is over the course of about two or three years. So this is like always way in the background sort of going on. And it just shit me. And then all of a sudden, my, an advertisement for one pops up on my Facebook feed, and it was like a, a cleaver saloon cabinet, which is you know, like a sort of re, reworked uh, wine fridge. And it was a good price bracket. It was good everything, man. And it was like, as soon as I got it, it's been running ever since. <laughs> you know, it was about 18 months ago. Uh, and I, I got that, and... As soon as it came, I was straight into it, man. I had, had hanging crocetta, had hanging copper, had, and I try and get a bit more creative with it and try to bring lamb into it, try and bring a lot more beef into it. So it's just, um, it's just one of those side things, and it takes so long to do, man. Like it's, just, you can do plenty of other stuff once you do it. So I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, it, curing takes 
it, you can't really rush that. You know what I mean? It, you, you can't be like, oh. listen, we're, we're going to make this go faster. Yeah, exactly. And if people bring up, like, you know, it's, just, it's not the same as barbecue, man. Like, there's sort of ins and outs and things that people do, things people don't do. Um, it's very, very similar. Like, it's like, you know, I don't use a lot of nitrates or nitrites in my stuff. Uh, I do it in some of my bacon and some of my stuff, you know, and then, yeah. you know, like, you gotta, you gotta use this, you gotta use that. And it's like the same, same sort of thing up and back and back and forth about it. Okay, you gotta sort of find what works for you, I guess. Yeah. So, it's, um, it's definitely a good, as I said, but it's tied to my heritage. I think that's why I got so into it. Is that I grew up buying all this stuff, you know, so I can do it myself and teach my kids how to do it later on in life and just sort of pass that bit of my culture on to them, you know. Yeah. So, which is yeah. super cool. I mean, you're able to to bring in this this part of you and then show them that and then give them like hand that passion down, which is always super yeah. cool. Yeah, and they love it. They love eating it. Um, yeah, they're only young. They're only like you know six and six and four. So they're sort of yeah. You know, I'm not going to show them how to work with meat yet like, to that extent. <laughs> you know, but it's um pretty much just yeah. You know, they're getting a, they're getting a taste for it. Um, they're getting the appreciation as to what happens with it too. You it know, starts so. somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And like my wife's a very like, organic woman, so she's very important on finding out where our meat comes from and you know what you can do with most of it and all of it and use all of it and that sort of stuff. You know, so it's it's pretty um it's pretty cool. Like it's sort of all working together. So yeah, but um I, I want to sort of bring that into the restaurant too if I open up one. So it'll be that sort of stuff as well going on there. So very it'll cool. be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to not add a business plan and sort of try and you know get some advice from people who know more about it and stick to something real. But it's um it's busy year, man. Like I've got two or three classes each month until we come to Kansas City. We're going to Kansas. We're going to the Royal this year. Awesome. So yeah, man. So we won that uh, one entry to that uh, one of the competitions we won last year, which we also won a giant surfboard at too. That was cool. There you go. Um. So, yeah. So I, 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 I think Queensland is. Yeah, we, 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 didn't, we didn't expect to win it because the weather was shit, and that seems to be our thing. If the weather's really bad, we tend to do really well. <laughs> so, <laughs> like it was, we did uh, meat stock Melbourne uh, last year, and there was 110 kilometer winds. Now I'm not sure that is in miles. That's I think it's like 60 miles an hour it's, wind. It, it's fast. Yeah, yeah, man, it's heavy. And like we put on our marquee and all sorts of shit, and we're handing in boxes that had dirt blown into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like. And it was like, we were, we were joking. And like, you know, whoever, whoever wins this has got it in the bag. And then they caught us out. And like, we were too tired to care. <laughs> it was like, stayed up and stayed off and the wind trying to make sure our marquee didn't fly around. And the thing I'm wrong was good to win it. I'm saying, like, I, didn't, I didn't mean it to sound unappreciative, but it was just, um, we're just so tired and so wrecked by the end of it. It was just like, yes, we won. Let's go to bed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would yeah, imagine, so, yeah. I would imagine like with winds and with all that stuff kind of compiling on top of it, it's just... Um, not only was the cook more stressful, making sure that it would get done properly, it was just everything else was more difficult. Oh man, like my, it pushed my anxiety right through the roof. I didn't sleep, and yeah, so like when you when you're dealing with winds that strong, when you, you know, I think you're doing it, if you go on a boat all day and you go back to bed and you feel like you're moving a bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's like because like, the winds were so strong all day. When I went to go lay down, I felt like I was being pushed around by the wind. <laughs> so I couldn't sleep either. It's almost like and that it was boat. Just, um, like that boat feeling, like if yeah, you've been on yeah. a boat all day, you still keep feeling it. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That, that's how strong the winds were. Uh, and then, yeah, so we sort of did a few other ones. We did one up in Queensland, which is the one we won the surfboard at, and that was pretty cool. So that was like um, that was like another rain and wind and shit weather thing. And then uh, the, 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 the Grand Trophy Prize is like a personalized surfboard thing, so that's pretty cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so after winning that, yes, after that we won. So we, from winning that, we won entry into the, the Royal Invitational too, so... Okay. Uh, okay. We're coming over. 
Yeah, we're coming over for it, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, <laughs> do you got? Are you gonna? Are you gonna put any of the uh, curing into your classes? Um, because of the food safety stuff is a bit more. I don't know, like so, you know, like in, in terms of like regulations and stuff. I, you know, I follow as much of that as I can with barbecue. Yeah. And um, so I think maybe down the track, like maybe once a bit more comfortable with the food safety side of it, okay. um, definitely. And people ask me too, cause, but the thing is, like, I'm still new to it too, man. Like, it's not like I did classes on this two years ago, and um, I've always been a bit skeptical of people who just sort of get into something and then start teaching it. You know, so I'd rather know because you get yeah, as a class, as a barbecue teacher, you get asked so many questions, man. Oh And yeah. you have to understand, yeah, you have to sort of know the answers to them. If you just sort of say I don't know, then that makes you look bad, eh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I wanted to make yeah. sure I knew something. Yeah, I to make sure I knew something through and through before I started teaching it. And barbecue is one of those things, you know. But like, I said, with curing and with, uh, with charcuterie, it's bit just bit. I'm I'm still learning it myself. So in terms of teaching it, yeah, I'm I'm not too keen on teaching it just yet. But um, eating it, I'm sure she did. Don't remember that. But yeah. <laughs> I just figured it might be. <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of cool considering it is. It almost is like a lost art. Um, the people that do it do it very very well. The people that, um, you know, want it, want to learn. It, it's sometimes very difficult to learn how to cure things. Oh, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And, you know, you're dealing with stuff like mold. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, like, if you don't know what you're doing with that, then shit. <laughs> it's pretty pretty dangerous, you know. So you got sort of, you really got to understand what you're doing and the risk that you're taking. Yeah, well, I it's, mean, um, it, it's in, in like you said, in in a way. I mean, it's basically mold. It, it's the meat is decaying, in a in a in yeah. a way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, you have to know what you're doing with it. Same as like wet aging and dry aging to an extent. Yeah, uh, you know, but you're not cook, but, but you're not cooking it. You know, so that's the thing I learned about about stuff like botulism is that if you're cooking the meat, it kills the botulism anyway. You know, so um, but if you're doing stuff like pancetta and 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 and, uh, and prosciutto and stuff like that. You know, you're not you're not cooking that at any point. So, no. I mean, unless you are cooking, unless you're using it to cook. But like, you know, like bacon. You know, who doesn't? It's weird if you don't cook bacon, but some people don't. <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's, if you're cooking it, it's going to kill it. And but I'm saying in terms of in terms of the classes, I'm not really comfortable with where I'm at yet. Do you also so, have that? You know, so do you also kind of have that nerve of them taking your your way of doing it, going home, fucking it up, and then them, you know what I mean? Like, that would be in the back of my head. It, it's like... Yeah, I'm part of that, man. Yeah, and yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Like, I'm, I was, um, the class I did, she didn't, like, when I first got into it, you think nitrates and nitrates everywhere, you know? And when I first got into it, the class I went to, she didn't, she didn't do any of that. <laughs> and it sort of creeped me out a bit because I was like, aren't you supposed to be doing this sort of stuff? And then she sort of explained a bit more of it, a bit more of it. Like, you know, for centuries and centuries, I just used salt. Well, you know, I won't go into the whole nitrate debate because, you know, I don't really know heaps about it. You know, but that's just sort of, um, yeah, that, that's, that, that, that creeped me out a bit. So I was like, is this safe what I'm doing? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's safe. I was like, oh, I need a bit more insurance than that. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, is this going to happen or not? You know, so, and then that's it. Like, yeah, in terms of teaching it, I'm just going to really wait until I'm sort of much more confident with it before I teach anybody. You know, I teach my friends and shit, but like not, 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 in, not in a professional manner, no way. Hey, but I mean, you're on your way to it. You're it, the more you do it, the more you learn. The more you, you know, you, yeah. the learning curve shortens for you. Right? Yeah, definitely. And it's and you do, and the food is phenomenal. So I love sharing it around. And I'm, I sort of made the mistake of using really high quality stuff from the get go, uh, which some would say it's a mistake, but 
the price point's way too high. <laughs> if I'm just learning stuff, I'm using I'm using belly that's like for a whole for a whole. I'm not sure on the price per kilo, but the whole pork belly uh, was probably about 140 dollars. Yeah, it's a little high. Uh, yeah, and I'm using that, and so shit, shit goes wrong. There's 140 bucks down the drain plus like 10 months of curing. Um, but the problem is, I started I started off using that sort of stuff, <laughs> and now the quality's so good. If I use cheap pork, then you can taste it. That's, and, um, that's the hard part, right? I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the other day we were kind of uh, we were having dinner, and my my 19 month old daughter decided to eat some of our some of our steak, and I'm like, oh, we're feeding her wagyu steak. And my wife's like, yeah, at least it's, you know, she's starting with the best. I'm like, yeah, but now she's always going to want Wagyu steak. Like, yeah, yeah, I know that problem very well, man. Like, that's not, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's going to look at, like, prime and choice. She'll look at, I mean, we almost never get choice, but she's going to look at, you know, lesser grades and be like, well, I don't want that. I want Wagyu. <laughs> and then you're yeah, like, same <laughs> yeah, but then you're yeah. like, no, 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 you, it's okay to eat this stuff. Like this stuff's still good. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah no, same, same, same problem with a lot of stuff. And it's one of the, the perks of being good cooks and being parents too. Yeah, <laughs> and knowing good food. It's but it's rough, yeah. right? It's almost like you kind of yeah, like, oh, uh, do I give this <laughs> to her? Do I not? Yeah, and there's been times where I brought back expensive lamb, and my kids just like don't eat it. And I was like, "No, I'm gonna eat up chewed lamb because <laughs> I don't want to go to waste because it's good lamb." <laughs> you know, so, you're like, no, yeah. "No, no, I don't want this to go to waste. Like, this is really good." No, it's not. Yeah, yeah you're on. yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, here you are eating like a lamb cutlet, and you're just like, "Oh man, my kid's dirty mouth been all over this." <laughs> you know, so, yep. Yeah, yeah, but you have to do it. You know, I think the things parents are gonna do. Eh? Yeah, do what you but um, keep going. Definitely. Are you coming to the Royal or anything like that? Are you going to be around for that? Um, I don't know if I'm going to be around for the Royal. I would like to. I'm going to try to. I will be at NBBQA um, in April. I will be there. Um, I will also. I also have a couple other barbecue trips that I will be making this year. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if the Royal will be one of them yet. Um, yeah, I would. I would. I would like to, but I, I can't promise anything. Yeah, okay, cool. sorry. That'd be good to see you there, man. Good to, we're going to uh, we're making a trip out of it, so we're going to go to Vegas. Of course, we're going to go to Vegas. Um, we're going to Vegas. We're going to go sounds to the Royal. Yeah, yeah, and for some reason we're going there first too. So that sounds even more dangerous. Oh. But um, we're going. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Vegas. I'm going to go to uh, the Royal, and then we're going to go to Texas for a week. I've never actually I've never been to Texas. Do you believe that? <laughs> so well, it's funny. I teach, that. I teach I know I teach Texas barbecue or Texas brisket, but I've never been to Texas. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I've got to experience the whole Franklin's and, and Snow's thing. Snow's out of town, I guess, but like I've got to experience Austin. I'm very, I'm very looking forward to it. So, um, and then after that, my team's going on to Georgia and Nashville, and I'm going to go. I'm coming home after they, uh, after Texas. So, okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Also, I think I might, I might make a one day stop somewhere on the way back, like Hawaii or something. <laughs> so. I yeah. think Hawaii would be on the way for you, yes. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So I'm just trying to see if I can squeeze in one day to relax without people around or let kids around yeah. somewhere. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm looking forward to that trip, man. We're all looking pretty forward to it. We've got an entourage coming with us too. <laughs> so we've got some of our sponsors from here coming over with us. Uh, we're catching up with some of our, you some of our American get, sponsors over there. 
you definitely will not get any um, relaxation in Vegas. You are going to have way too much. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been there before, man. I flew in and I flew out four hours later, and whatever happens in between is an absolute blur. So, it it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's yeah, about Vegas, so. But yeah, it's, um, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm just, just getting back over there, and um, this will be my sixth or seventh trip to the States. So, been a long time, man. Now, what's been, the I hardest? I came over. What do you? What would you Sorry? say is your hardest thing about coming and com- and competing in the states? Oh, uh, this will be the first one, but I'm a. Oh shit! I'm a so this head, is the man. first so, like, one. So what? What? What are you yeah. stressing about? Let's go that route. Well, I, <laughs> what isn't there to stress about? I mean, I'm, I'm the person that stresses about everything. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but it's like I guess knowing that we have everything we need uh, there. I guess that's, that's probably the main thing. Like, like I've got lists for everything here, so to try and make that, trying to establish that to happen over there is probably like it's going to be a whole other level of stress. Um, but yeah, I've got teams that can work with me as well, and the teammates obviously happy happy to help and plan everything out too. So it, it, having some of that, because I think for so long I was just running the competition stuff by myself. You know, I think I had Adrian and, and James come into it and Sinead, and everything got a lot easier. So we all started doing a bit more stuff with each other, and it became less stressful, heaps less stressful. Um, so I guess, you know, them planning some stuff over there as well will probably be a lot easier. Um, but we're trying to sort of decide what to use, what to take, what we can hire, what we have to buy, that sort of stuff. A lot now, of work goes into it. So Are you guys, you guys are, I'm guessing you're borrowing a pit over here. You're not going to fly a pit over, correct? No, oh, heavens no. No, we're trying, we're trying to decide what to use, like, you know, because we, we all have gateways. Uh, do we all just hire gateways or do we, you know, use something else for this? And like, uh, here, uh, our comp set up here is pretty much one smoker. And then the last two or three comps, we had a gateway next to us. So everything was done in an offset here the whole time. You know, some teams have like six, seven different pits. You know, ours was always just the radar hill offset. Pretty much everything. And then we started doing ribs on the gateway. And then we started bringing a bit more into the gateway too. So we're trying to decide. And because the thing is, like, here, reverse flows are everywhere. And they're probably like the most, in terms of like the higher end pits here, they're probably the most available ones are reverse flows. So everyone sort of learnt on them. And I'm guessing they're not that big there. So it's a bit sort of weird to like just sort of, you know, uh, go to direct flows over there and sort of establish the same stuff as what we do here, or we just practice in the gateways and use gateways there, or you know, Traeger and I can get a Traeger over there too, or some sort of, you know, some sort of system like that. So it's um, just it's just trying to organize all that sort of shit, which you know does head in. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. Yeah. A, I mean that that just sounds like it would be kind of a little bit crazy, and that's kind of why I was asking, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah you're not pretty- able to just move your pit. You know, no, not at all. Down the street, yeah. <clears throat> especially even as far as different woods. Yeah, we use iron bark for pretty much everything here, and then yeah, we can't be bringing iron bark logs over there with us. So no, like, you can't. And even then, like with that, with that favor, that favor profile suit the American judges too. You know, we don't, we don't really know. Like you know, don't get us wrong. We're not really expecting to get over there and win at all. <laughs> yeah, so we're going up against the hardest teams in the world. Yeah, but it's just, um, just trying to sort of sort out, sort out what we can do and what we can't do. Yeah, I guess. But um. Yeah, like it's, it's a whole bunch of planning and thinking ahead and possibly trying to plan fundraisers for it as well. So it's um, a lot of planning and organizing. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Definitely looking forward to it. So, I mean, it's like you said, it's it's going to be – it's it's a lot of organization that you need need to put together into it. I mean, you're you're taking a team across – half across the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, man, yeah. And it's – um, yeah, and we're having like – uh, friends from other friends, uh, our friends from other teams come as well, just to experience it with us. And um, there's about eight or nine of us coming, so it's awesome. a pretty full on thing. And but 
Yeah, that's it. Like, we're meeting our sponsors from over there at the Royal as well. Like, we've got Lane's Barbecue Sponsorship, and they're in the base in Georgia. Yep. Uh, apparently, they're, they're coming up as well to the Royal. Um, uh, Elk Creek, who's somewhere, I think he's in Oklahoma, I think. Uh, I, mean, I think maybe he's in Kansas City. He's, he's there somewhere. He's going to come as well. Um, just a few other, yeah, we're just sort of trying, trying to tee up to meet up for everyone. Have fun and compete well as well. You know, so, um, which I'm guessing is going to be pretty hard when the thing's like 90, 39 degrees. Apparently it's really hot there. So, I, I think you guys will be okay. I think yeah, you, good. <laughs> I, I, think you, I think you Australian boys will be okay. Yeah, I, think, I, I can't do <laughs> So, like, our, our, the friends I know have gone over there, like, man, it's 39 degrees relentless the whole time you're there. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's all right, man. Beer's, beer's there. Beer will, be, beer will be all right. You'll be okay. Um, Texas is yeah, a drier okay. heat. A little bit, yeah, not not cool. too too yeah. much. Say Nevada. I experience actually. Man. What was that? Sorry, I, know, cause I, I went to uh, Palm Springs for our honeymoon. Okay, and surprisingly, I, I could surprisingly I could handle that heat because it was dry. It wasn't it wasn't humid. It's a little uh, different. Know, that really surprised me. So the the humid. I mean, I think the humidity, like, because we get really bad humidity in Chicago. I mean, <clears throat> sometimes that humidity is worse. You know yeah, what I mean? It's just, I say it's always worse, man. Yeah, it's always worse. It just sticks to you, and you can't, you can't escape it. So yeah. it's just it's so bad. Yeah, it's I'm not a fan of humidity whatsoever. It's not. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> exactly, especially as a plus size man. Yeah. You know, so especially when you're a bit when you're a bit bigger, like, you know, yeah, everything sticks to itself. It's just it's, it's just not gross. good. It's not a it's yeah, not exactly. a it's not a pleasurable thing. So I mean, you guys yeah, got exactly. some good shit going for 2019. I think, I think you guys are going to be yeah, now, doing some big stuff. Yeah, well, I've, I've actually personally, I've, I've retired from comps after last year. Okay. Um, but, the, yeah, but the team's still continuing. So the team's still continuing as the beard and barbecue. Um, okay. I just got out of it, so I have more time to focus on the classes and, you know, less stresses. And, um, yeah, it was like, as I said last year, it was definitely a very good year for us, man. Because um, trying to find that, like, I, I sort of, I decided mid last year, I was going to sort of get out of comps anyway. You know, so then we then we well, then we won last year. So I was like, "Shit, do I still leave or you know what do I do?" And then you know, but, but I figured you know, in, in terms of Australia, we're not going to get much better than that. So uh, I'm still happy to still happy to get out of the competitions. And no one really believes me that I've left yet, but I'm still out of it. and I'm still happy to do it. Are you sure? Yeah, like the Royal. Yeah, I'm, I'm still sure, man. Like the Royal is a different story. Uh, the Royal is the Royal. So I'm, I'm always going to do that, definitely. Um, but in terms of here, like I'll, I'll come visit them and have a few beers with some of them. I might go to Melbourne meet stuff again just to visit. Um, I'm sure my team's probably breathing a sigh of relief, man, because I'm a prick when I want to be. <laughs> I'm a stress head when I want to be. Yeah, so that, giving them the whole control of the team and it's just a, a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, a good weight off my back too. Yeah. And you know, they, 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 they still enjoy it, man. Like they still really have that spark. You know, you got to have that spark to compete. If you don't have that spark to compete, then you know why would you keep doing it? You know, it's a lot. You put yourself through a lot to do it. Then you're spending a bunch of money. <laughs> exactly, spending a bunch of money. You're staying awake. You're away from your family and your friends a lot. You know, and it's just like you got a lot of other shit you can't be doing. You know, so it's just um, you got to have that spark. Then what's the point of it, really? Like, it's, yeah, they still spark. They still have that drive to sort of practice at home and, and not out their flavors. And I, just, I just don't have that anymore, man. And it's good to see them have it, but um, it could see a lot of other teams still have it too. But it's just to me personally, it was just like I hit that sort of snag last year. Where I was like, eh. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'll still go around and have beers and stuff, but in terms of staying up all night and planning a, and, you know, preparing meat all night and cooking it and dealing with bullshit wins, 
I'm sort of done with that. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm focusing on more like the security stuff and the classes and the home cooking stuff and just getting back, finding that spark again. So, Where do you kind of see Australian barbecue going next? Oh, good question, man. Shit. It's, um, I don't know. I, I, think it'll, I think it'll continue to get tougher. Like, I was sort of joking about this with my team last year when I sort of stopped and I was like, I feel for teams competing next year, man, because there are so many more teams coming on, like newbie teams who know very well what they're doing. Yeah, for us, it took two or three years to get to where we are now. So these teams know they come in, they know. They just know. You know, and it's just, I fear for the competition side of it because it's going to be so much tighter, so much harder. You know, um, in terms of backyard barbecue, like, you see it grow a lot. And one thing that's really interesting is that a few years ago, like, I'm not sure what you call it, but we call it council cleanup. So when you, like, a few times a year in Australian councils, they'll put, people put their rubbish out and the council come collect it. They say you go to the tip. Okay. And a few, for, for, for a long time, you see webbers go out, charcoal webbers. Because people get the shit, so they, they put them out, they can't, they can't use the charcoal, they can't light the charcoal, they don't know what to do with it. They use it once or twice and they put it out with council cleanup. So it's a good source for, of barbecues for council cleanup. Sorry, for, for, for people getting into it. They can go get a free webber from the side of the road. You know, but um, that sort of turns into gases now. So the more I drive around during council cleanup, there's so many gases going out. I think the, I think the backyard cook is going back to charcoal, uh, and that's pretty cool, you know. So it's just sort of, but seeing that, seeing that real life effect. Because yeah, I'll drive around and look for webbers. My wife will look drive around and look for webbers, and we just sort of keep an eye out for it. And you don't see it anymore. You see four burner gases, you see six burner gases going out. And to me, it's pretty obvious that they're replacing them with charcoal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean they're replacing it with something, right. right? Yeah, exactly. So the back, I think the backyard barbecue. I think I think charcoals. Exploded massively and again, which is so cool. You know, there's so much more flavour in that. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I, I guess I see that happening as well. This massive shift happening back towards charcoal, back towards wood, and just the, that communal side of it too, as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and seeing the, the you know people talking about it a lot more. Yeah, you know, every time I go to work, it's like oh, you know, because you know they obviously know I'm into barbecue, and I'm like oh, I've got this barbecue. What do I do? How do I do with it? And here I'm supposed to be working. And here I am, two hours later, still talking about how to cook ribs over charcoal. <laughs> yeah, so it's, and that happens a lot. It happens a lot at work, man. And everyone's getting into charcoal now, so it's, it's awesome. Now, do you think yeah. they're 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 getting that learning curve and they're they're getting into charcoal, but they're kind of they're finally understanding how to how to you know control their airflow and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's half the fun, man. That's really is half the fun. I think that's why I keep getting so many barbecues too. Is learning how to use that specific barbecue, uh, and that's that's rejuvenating itself. Is like you sort of have this new thing. Is like, okay, I'm going to spend time on how to best how to best use it, <laughs> you know? And like, and that's you cook heaps on that one barbecue, and then sort of learn learn its ins, ins and outs. If it's not for you, you sell it on, you know. But it's um, that's half the fun. That really is half the fun of learning how to cook on charcoal. Besides the taste, is learning how to do it right. You know, so, oh, you know, how it works for you, pretty much. But yeah, but it's just funny, like, the culture here was, yeah, like, we've always had, like, charcoal in the shops and stuff like that, but, I don't know, until recently, it's always, everyone just had gases. Everyone. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, but it's good to see it happening. I mean, charcoal's a lot dirtier, a lot grittier, probably a lot more expensive as well. But, yeah, man, look, look, like, gas has its places, man. Like, I got a, I got a beefer recently. Have you seen those beefers? I have not. No, they're like a single steak cooker, they're like a broiler. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're heaps of fun to play with, man. <laughs> yeah. But it's castle. Yeah, but it's a fun little toy, man. Definitely. It's a fun yeah. little toy, and it has its place. You know what I mean? It has its place for for what you're doing, and it it it, it works well. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And that's, like, it's just one of those things that... Uh, that's just, this is another thing that shits me about summer, is that it's too hot to be outside with my barbecues too much. <laughs> and we get fire bands and stuff too. Like, we can't... Like, in fire bands, we can't use charcoal or wood. And sometimes they run for a couple of days at a time, you know, so we can't go outside and cook on that. We can only use gas and it has to be next to the house and all the certain rules, man. Like obviously, you know, Australia's pretty prone to uh, bushfires, so we have to sort of respect those rules when we can. So... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have that sort of stuff? I do live in the city, I'm assuming, but yeah, do you no, have that no, sort of stuff? Out? No, no, we don't. Uh, even even out, like, in the country? I mean, I, would, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I, okay. I, I've never yeah. heard heard of anything like that, guys. If you have, if you are if you live in the States and um, you guys have something like this, shoot us an email, shoot us a, uh, a DM. I want to hear about it. That, that, that's quite interesting. But I've never I've never heard about any of that, uh, where you, you're not yeah, I'm assuming, circle. I'm, yeah, well, I'm assuming probably in California I probably have it. Maybe, but like it's um, yeah, like it's 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 crazy. Like if we have to, there's pretty big fines. I think the fines can be in excess of like two or three grand per person. Whoa! Um, if you're a barbecue, yeah, you, you, you can get you can get uh, like permits if you're a business and stuff like that. But um, they take it very seriously here, man. And and the, the sort of the community sort of frowns upon it too. Like if you're if everyone knows that it's a photo fire band day and you upload photos of you cooking over charcoal, then you get scorned for it. So that's pretty, yeah. But, um, but sometimes you just don't know. So. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like it's, uh, yeah, like it's just, yeah, like, yeah it's funny because you can get around. Like there's some rules like you can be inside <laughs> and still use charcoal. Okay. I think that's one I've heard. I looked into it. So it's, if you move your barbecue into a shed, then you can get around it. I've, I've heard that. I'm not sure if it's true or not. Yeah, but. Yeah, but um, pretty much only gas can be used. It has to be right right next to the house, which you think would be more dangerous than a fire problem. But yeah, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of interesting little shit like that here. <laughs> um, but I guess yeah, when you're dealing with forty something degree days and high winds, you don't want to be outside cooking anyway, really. So yeah, I mean, it gets a little difficult. Yeah, yeah, but I'm definitely curious to see if that happens if they exist over there or not. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that because I've never, I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, that was interesting. Actually, I just found out, I just found out last night. Do you guys have a single hiking trail that goes from one side of the country to the other? Really? <laughs> it's, not, it's got nothing to do with barbecue at all. I know that, but I just, I'm, I'm not a hiker by any means. I'm not a hiker, um, but I just sort of, I just found it out like last night. I was so interested in it. That sounds. <laughs> ins- I didn't even know that, and I. I yeah, live here. it's like it goes from, it goes from the east or it goes from it goes from east to west. Um, the Great American Trail or some shit like that or something like that. And it was really interesting, man. Really interesting. <laughs> so you do that for Australia, man. You just die in the middle of it. So I mean, I feel yeah. like you would die in the middle of it here too. That sounds like a <laughs> yeah. horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like seven thousand miles long or something. I don't know. Like it's, it's huge, massive. But yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, that's pretty cool. But um, as if, well, here in Australia, in the middle of us is red desert, man. There's not much there. No water, nothing. So it's um, curious if someone tried to do that in Australia. That's pretty pretty exciting thing to see. So, man, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. We we've been having a no great dude, man. We've been having a great time, and and catching up with you is 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 fantastic. Um. I want to ask this kind of question and then we'll kind of go into like the closing of the podcast. Um, Since you, like you said, you, you're thinking about doing the store, you're thinking about doing all this stuff, kind of, you know, the brain's starting to kind of go crazy. And, um, 
little things are starting to move in there. What would you say is the biggest obstacle for Australian barbecue besides, like, I know the red tape, like you were saying, but what would you say is like one of the biggest obstacles for barbecue to get huge in? I mean, I think it is getting huge in Australia, but what would you say is like a, an obstacle for somebody who's getting into barbecue? In the uh, it's business, always been, it's always, business end of it. The business, the business part of it? The business part of it? Yeah. Um, business part of it would definitely be money. Um, okay. Like Australia is a very, a very expensive place, man. Um, you know, our, our, our income sort of reflect it, but at the same time, like, you know, our, our mortgages are incredibly high. Um, and just, just the money of starting up a business, like I'm trying to find a way to do mine where I'm not going to spend spending too much. It's like, I can't afford to do it, you know? So, um, I guess the money is always going to be the side of it. The, I think it's going to be a long time for the health authorities to sort of get on, on side with barbecue. Um, in terms of, like one thing I've sort of learned is like, like food safety regulations, that sort of stuff. They are so strict here, you know. So, like, if we got busted resting our brisket over four hours, then we'll be done. There'll be our license gone because that's breaking one of the golden rules about food safety here. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, whereas you read books like Franklin's, he's like, yeah, I pull my brisket out at two o'clock in the morning and I serve it at one o'clock the next day. You know, like that can't that shit can't fly here. <laughs> you know, so we can't sort of find a way around that. Um, which four hours is a decent rest, don't get me wrong, but if you're, if you're doing a lunch service, you don't have pulling a brisket up at 6 a.m. because you're not going to have any sleep, you know? So um, I guess yeah. in terms of that sort of stuff, like there's so, so much red tape. It's not just one or two things, you know, but you've got to try and find what works for you. And obviously, if you've got to break a few rules, break a few rules. <laughs> but it's, um, then it's just sort of just trying to find the in, making sure the interest is there. Like it's not, um, yeah, and as I said, one thing I've sort of noticed lately is that if you eat meat at all, then you are interested, you find an interest in barbecue somehow. There's not one single person I've met who doesn't eat who, who eats meat who hasn't you know asked questions about how I cook at all. So I guess that's probably like just, just trying to make sure you got the right demographic uh, for what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to do as well, and making sure you make a living out of it too. Like it's not yeah, barbecue is expensive meat, expensive everything. So now, do you guys yeah. uh, do you, are there a lot of vegetarians down in Australia? <laughs> I'm married a vegan. That's interesting. So, yeah, um, she's back and forth between it, though. It wasn't really like a, you're wrong for eating meat vegan. Uh, it was more so a plant-based diet, so she was more so about her diet. It wasn't pretty much to do with the ethical side of it. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of vegans, vegetarians. I'm married, because of that, I actually married into a family of six vegans, <laughs> um, which, as I said, none of them really give me any shit. So it's not really, not, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not as much of an issue as it sounds it is. Um, but there's a lot of vegetarians, a lot of vegans around, definitely. And like one of my things for the business, if I do open up, um, would be to sort of have very interesting and good, you know, I guess, filling sides for vegetarians too. Okay. Like not a whole just meal, but if I, if I have a salad that has nuts and, and all sorts of stuff in it, that's vegetarian or vegan, as a side, as watching the normal meats, and people can just come get a large salad, and that's their meal sort of too. Now, as a being someone who was vegan for so long, it's very hard to find places to eat together. You know? Yeah. And down... Um, I'm looking, I'm looking in uh, rural Victoria, and Victoria seems like a big concentration of vegans, vegetarians, that sort of stuff. So, um, this sort of finding out what works for your business and, and what you want to do, and trying to not lose sight of what you want to do as well. Yep. I guess. But yeah, I think like most people can. So, do you have time? I feel like I'm going on a bit, but you, you, you have to keep going. Or? No, 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 no. I just normally yeah, yeah, uh, right around an hour. I just kind of die. I feel like people yeah. don't want to <laughs> listen to my voice anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I, I can go for ages on that sort of question, but at, at the end of the day, it's money. Money's a hard thing here. 
So, Money's the hard thing. Yeah, uh, that's kind of here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it's a, it's cra- it's cra- um it's kind of crazy how when you're when you're looking at doing a business and you're 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 looking at all these things, all these expenses that you don't kind of think about when you're cooking at home start to become yeah. real things. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm I'm talking to a lot of people who with, with experience in hospitality too. Like I don't have, you know, I'm a I'm a caterer. I've worked as a dish pig for like six months to a year when I was 18. But other than that, in terms of hospitality and planning, I've got no experience in that. Yeah. So it's one thing to, it's one thing to be a barbecue at home and to teach barbecue and say, okay, I'm going to do a restaurant. But that's the whole other ball game when you go into the legalities and the the stuff involved in in uh in, yeah. in owning hospitality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. There, there's stuff that people don't think about. You know what I mean? It's just we do. Um, there's a lot more stuff that we have to do that you don't think about when you're just cooking at home. Yeah, heaps. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's, been, that's just so that's daunting as well. It's like I've been an electrician for what 16, 17 years. You know, so for me to go into this, it's a whole change of career. It's a whole change of industry. You know, so as I know about barbecue, I don't know about hospitality. So yeah. trying to find someone in that business, yeah. Yeah. It, it's making sure that you you you're making smart decisions, um, and not not fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Man. But uh, uh, that and trying to keep it trying to keep it interesting for myself and for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just uh, it's not just the same old shit, you know. So it's just trying trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably one of the hardest things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's always it's trying. Yeah, you know, yeah. A passion can be my passion, and people get interested in other people's passions and especially when you know so much about it, it's, yeah, you can get excited and then you get other people excited and that sort of shit. Like it's pretty, just, just, just trying to find that and make sure I stick to that as well, as well as, you know, running a successful hospitality industry business as well. So yeah. 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 And all the meanwhile, trying to keep the classes going, that sort of shit and trying to jump around Australia. <laughs> now, yeah, it's just a, a lot going on, man. Some of the teams in Australia that you kind of came up with, haven't some of them broken into the restaurant industries? Um, I'm trying to think, a fair few of them do work in in restaurants and like that. Um, a lot of the guys who run restaurants here they don't tend to compete. So it's um, yeah, one of the original ones guys here was uh, Wes from Bovine and Swine Barbecue Company, and he had a he was originally called Hillbilly Barbecue. Okay. Uh, and he he competed really early on, um, but then competition started to get to that thing where there's a big difference between backyard food and competition food. Uh, and he he split when that sort of happened. You know, so uh, he still he, but he still he runs barbecue. He runs by Bovine and Swine, which is one of the most successful barbecue joints in Sydney. And um, but it's backyard barbecue; it's not competition stuff. And then he saw that early on. He saw that competition food going down the super sweet, injected, <clears throat> all that sort of shit. He, he didn't he didn't like that food, so he stopped doing competitions, which is cool enough. You know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so most like most of the guys who have restaurants, like one of our sponsors, Black Bear, is another restaurant in Sydney, Black Bear Barbecue. Yeah. I think you probably followed. I think you spoke to Hayden, didn't you? you speak to yeah, Hayden. You yeah, spoke yeah. To one of them? yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're good friends of mine, and they like. They do phenomenal food, and they do crazy shit like breakfast, barbecue breakfast, that sort of stuff. And they compete like once or twice a year. I was but say, they know they're, that... not, they're not big into competition. They they kind of do it no, every once a... in a while. They enjoy it, but it's not it's yeah, not something yeah. that they're going to do all the time. Yeah, and they they, they, they sort of sponsor. Well, they sponsor us, and they sponsor events. So like they, they held the Kingsman Invitational last year. That, that was them. They actually put that on. So they get involved in that side of it. They are involved in competitions. They're just not competing, um, which is cool because it's not everyone's game. You know, so it's not um, but yeah. In terms of that, like in terms of people going from 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 restaurants from sorry, from competitions to restaurants, it's not really happening that much. I think everyone knows that clear divide between barbecue, good barbecue, and and competition.
competition barbecue and competition barbecue is, is shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like everyone knows that, that clear divide. Like I can eat, I can eat, I can eat restaurant brisket all day long and have competition brisket. I'll have one and that's, that's enough and I, I don't like it. I feel like I hate myself after it too. I mean, so. that's because you're, you're, you're pumping so much shit into like one bite. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where you start to start where it starts to be like, man. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 to me, it's always been barbecue on steroids. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Man. Like, you're pumping it full of phosphate. You're pumping it full of MSGs. You're pumping, all this stuff it doesn't need. And I get those questions all the time at, competi- at classes, man. Cause I'll be like, Oh, you know, what do you inject your brisket with? I got nothing. <laughs> I thought a competition. We don't inject with anything. We don't need to. Yeah. I think it's much more important that, that you learn that cut. You learn how to use your barbecue. You learn how to use that cut with that barbecue. You learn how to use your wood. You learn all that sort of shit before you even think about injections. You know, so, and, um, yeah, like that's the sort of, that's sort of mentality that there is. I think everyone seems to know that there's a big difference. Like, our competition stuff, I'll palm it off. All the leftovers get palmed off to friends. And they love it, and I hate the shit. I won't touch it. We have a bite to make sure it tastes good, and that's about it. Um, otherwise, it goes to the friends, goes to the leftovers, go to they, they get the big foil trays full of full of meat for the next two or three weeks, and they love it. <laughs> See that that's so. the thing. Like, um, it's kind of funny. Like, I'll do a catering job, or I'll do um, we do we do pop ups, um, and say say we kind of um, cook a little bit too much food for our pop up. I tend to overcook because I cook with a heavy hand. Um, Sometimes we, you know, we'll have some food left over, and it, it's not very much, but it'll be very little like left over. And people are like, oh, "Are you going to eat that?" I'm like, "No, you can have it." And they're like, "Well, why not?" And I'm like, "Because I cooked it for 16 hours, and I want nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, it." I, I, I call that the pitmaster curse, man. And my, my theory, you know, is that but nobody can understand like, oh. that. Nobody yeah, understands I, I, that. Yeah, I, I have a theory, and it hasn't been proven. But I, I think my theory is that. Because you've been around it so long, your senses are already used to it. You've already satisfied your smell. You've already satisfied, as a, as a result, I think you've already satisfied your taste buds from your smell. And I think, you, you know, you've been around it so long, the aspects of being tired, definitely. But I think, I think yeah, I think you've, you've already satisfied yourself by cooking it. Then when it comes time to eating it, you're not hungry because you've already, you, your body already thinks that it's already had it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to someone to, uh, to to scientifically prove that theory. I think somebody but, needs um, to scientifically okay. prove that because I think that's that you are spot on. It's one of those things where yeah. I've been watching it all day. I've I've, I've been smelling it. Um, I've been tending to it. I've picked a little yeah. bit of it off to see. <laughs> yeah, that always happens. <laughs> like, like where, where's that part of the brisket uh, fell off in the? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> It just, yeah. 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 A prime example of this is like my kid's birthday was a few weeks ago, and um, we have a lot of they at the age where they have to have their own friends now, and they have have um, like their, their parents are coming over and stuff. I haven't met them before, and they come over and I cook two or three briskets, and we had a big feed, and I go out, I go inside, I cut it up, put it in the pans, and I go outside and sit down and have a beer, and they all come out and like, well, why aren't you eating? I'm not hungry in the slightest. <laughs> I've been cooking that for hours, and I'm not hungry. They just don't understand it. It's like, you know, you cook up all this meat. It looks fantastic. It tastes fantastic. Why aren't you eating it? I just don't need to eat it. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, well, if you're not eating it, should we be eating it? It's like, yes. Yeah, 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 like, no, yeah it's, exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting. The, the pitmaster's curse is what I'm going to call it. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I think you're correct. I think we're going to call it the pitmaster's curse. That That is um, 110%. <laughs> not everybody gets it, but but the majority of humans get it. 
Yeah, like if you're cooked, I think you understand it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we we we. You got chefs games. that do the same thing. You know what I mean? They cook what, chefs that do the same thing. Yeah. They cook these beautiful Definitely. meals, <laughs> and then they're like, "I don't want any of it." <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of those cruel games that I was subconscious plays against. It's, it's like dreams that you can't act out on. <laughs> it's like a sort of thing that happens in your brain, where you're just like, yeah, it's just this, this cruel trick of nature. <laughs> I guess maybe. Yeah, the thing is, because the thing is, after you, after you don't eat it, you're starving. You know, I, I I actually routinely grab like shit food on the way back from classes because I haven't eaten in the class. Yeah, yeah, and I and like we go through a lot of food in my class, man. Like probably in excess of like probably like fourteen kilos of meat for thirty people. Yeah, and that's like what I don't know these in pounds. It's, it's a lot of pounds, but like it's not. Yeah, it's just um, and I'll I'll grab a cheeseburger or a filled fish on the way back. <laughs> right? Like, no, I'm, no, that that's how it is. Like. <laughs> People are like, why don't you want that? I'm like, because I just, I don't know. I just don't have any taste for that food. Yeah, yeah, tell me. Yeah, I have this crazy thing. Like, after competitions for like a week, I couldn't eat. Oh, I don't eat barbecue. I hardly eat barbecue at home anyway. But like, I had to eat Asian food. I had to be Asian. So I had to be like, I don't know, Vietnamese or Thai or, or Japanese. or something. I had to be some sort of Asian food. And it's always like that. It's always like that. I had to eat Asian food after I do competitions. Or after I do classes. I don't know why, but it's just one of those weird ticks my brain has. Oh, do you do that sort of shit too? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, it does go Asian, but um, it's definitely one of those things where I'll be like, I don't have a taste for barbecue right now. I don't want to cook it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to yeah. make it for myself. But I love cooking it. Yeah. And I do yeah, love definitely. eating yeah, it. I don't don't get me wrong. I, I very much enjoy eating it, but... I, uh, it's just, it, it, like, sometimes when you cook, especially when I find that I'm cooking for big jobs, when I'm cooking for, you yeah. know, 50, 75, 100 people, yeah. that's when it's like, after a big cook like that, it's like two or three days, I'm like, okay, cool, I don't want to eat barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, it's like, a, like the thrill of the chase. Yeah. That you, you've done that, you've chased it, you've got it. Okay, now what? <laughs> Next thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. And then you just don't know what, what the next thing to do is. You know what I mean? You're like, well, I, I caught what I wanted. What's my next thing? <laughs> yeah. You think, you, think, you think a weird shit to do. Like, I came up with the idea of um, doing pastrami pulled lamb recently. Yeah. I'm very proud of that because it tasted, it tasted fucking awesome. But, I, you know, I cured it like pastrami, the whole shoulder. Okay. And I smoked it. And I, I rubbed it in like a pastrami rub. Okay. And I smoked it in the pulled lamb and I pulled it out and I was using it. And this is like in pastrami pulled lamb. So it was actually phenomenal. The massive thing here at the moment is pastrami short ribs. And I was okay. like, okay, well, what, what can I put my own taste on that? You know, so I was like, you sort of just keep, and I sort of missed that like with the competition stuff because you get so wrapped up in competition stuff and honing in the one recipe. You sort of forget all this other cool shit you can do with meat. Yeah, you know, I sort of bring all my other stuff, like, like my own charcuterie stuff in, involved too. So it's like, you know, I came from curing, I just came across this recipe for air-dried bacon, which was new to me. You know, for me, bacon was always cured and smoked and sliced and fried, you know? So I sort of you know, came across this thing where I was like, you cure it, then you hang it in a, like, in a curing setting yep. for a bit, and then, and then you slice it. And to me, that was very new. <laughs> so, yeah, and that was delicious bacon too. So I mean, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That sounds super fantastic. So, yeah. 
I'm going to ask this question, and this is normally how I end my podcast now. Um, if you had to give yourself three tips, if you could go back in time and go know what you know now and give yourself three tips to shorten your barbecue learning curves, what would they be? Uh, number one would be relax. <laughs> uh, relax. It's, it's, you're, going, you're going to learn. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, number two would be, um, I guess, slow down on, on what you're buying for it. Like, don't have to buy all the cool shit that you can get. Uh, you don't have to buy all the different rubs. You don't have to buy all that sort of stuff. You know, when I was first got into it, I was importing rubs from America myself. And it cost me heaps. You know, now there's all cool, cool, cool stuff here. Uh, but thirdly would be uh, enjoy it. And don't don't lose that, that, that creative spark that got you there in the first place. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Those are some yeah. those are some killer learning curves. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you can do me a favor, can you tell everyone where they can follow your barbecue journey? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, well, well, thank you as well for having me on. It's been a great chat, man. I really liked it. Um, I, so love I'm it. On, I love it. I'm, I'm on Facebook as the beard, the beard and the barbecue. Uh, that's and A and D and BBQ, BBQ. So the, the beard and the barbecue. Um, there's also the team page on there now as well, which is the beard and the barbecue team. Uh, Instagram, the beard and the barbecue again, and there's the beard and the barbecue on Instagram team as well. So, um, yeah, and. There's a few things. We always tag each other. We always tag our sponsors. We've got a lot of fantastic sponsors um, that products we, we stand by. So um, it's pretty good though, man. Like it's, that's pretty much it. I'm usually on one of them. I don't, I don't have my own personal Facebook account anymore. I'm just pretty much just on the bid and barbecue. That's why I'm sharing so much dumb shit lately. So, <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to do it. It's okay. We'll accept it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. So th- th- thanks for everything. That was a good chat. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I, We'll have to catch up at the, uh, you know, in a little bit. Since you got a busy year ahead of you, I want to catch up and see how everything panned out. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. Same to you. I'm looking forward to it, all, man. Looking forward to it. Sounds good, man. Sweet.